Hello, this is Geek Sweat, and today, as always, we're controlled by the incomparable, irrepressible MKH. Good day, good evening, and good night. Okay, and our presenter, Trevor Jones. Howdy, folks. Yeah, we were dropping acid before we went live. And um, our other co-presenter, Akosh Bolf. Hey, guys. He's normal. He didn't partake. And me, He's the Dominic dealer. Stinton. Hello. So, appropriately enough, we're going to kick off today with a discussion of Stranger Things. So how do we do that, Dom? Do you think we should watch a trailer? I think that would be an excellent idea, Trevor. Okay, here we go. Press and play now. How many series of that is there? Two so far, um, with the third planned. Oh dear. Okay. Oh dear. So that that wasn't grabbing you then. I, I actually, this trailer is not. Well, not I, I, I not really like this trailer because the, the the series is more more about the kids. Hey, you've uh, seen both series, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, I think it's very good. I mean, let's be honest. We were looking at Stranger Things trailer one, but that was from. January two thousand June two thousand and sixteen. So that would have been an introductory to the whole series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First yeah, time yeah. around. Yeah. And 
Dot dot dot. So, what is the synopsis of of the show? I didn't really get that from the trailer. Sorry. It's the middle of the eighties. It's um, nineteen eighty three in season one. It's nineteen eighty four in season two. And did they say a child went missing? Whose child was it? Naomi Ryder's child went missing. Yeah, yeah. So Winona Ryder's son has gone missing, and um, he has a kind of clique of three other close friends who he plays Dungeons and Dragons with and his friends decide to look for him mm. and basically what happens is they inadvertently stumble on a kind of massive conspiracy involving imbuing children with telekinetic powers mm. yeah uh, I, go on um, okay so where does um... <sighs> 11 Winona Ryder which one are you obsessed about? More? Oh, 11. Yeah, so okay. where does 11 come into this? So um, from what I remember of this show, 11 is this character who's been uh, trapped in some kind of government-sponsored uh, laboratory or compound in this fictional village of Hawkins. And uh, she's been experimented on because the telekinetic powers are prominent within this character. However, um, the series starts in the midst of this young boy going missing. Uh, she's also on the run because she finally makes a break or an escape, I think, in episode one. And they and the government are trying to find her and she actually comes into the pathway of the three boys who are looking for Will Byers. Do, do we ever meet Will? The, the yeah, he, he comes back. Oh, that's okay. a spoiler, but that's a massive spoiler. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We just like you, cut right. You tripped it up over that, yeah. But if the thing is, the Will Byers character is very interesting because um, it's like um, there's a hole in the middle of a show, and because this character's missing, uh, you get to. I think you really get to understand what he means to every character in the story just by his absence so you've got the mother who goes into this kind of panic fit yeah, this you see the, the super eight the gg abrams movie no what's super eight uh super eight is a feature film by jj uh, abrams which loosely um takes some of the tropes from et which is a like a basic 80s film and uh, i think stranger things kind of fills this hole of, yeah, this, um, this kind of 80s feeling, nostalgia yeah. because and the kids and yeah yeah I mean this film kind of it, it it's it's got its DNA hooked into um, ET um, the Goonies yeah. and um, Back to the Future yeah Back to the Future and probably a little bit of Time Bandits as well where the focus is on young almost pre teenage characters. In living in a world where they know more about what's going on than the adults who are kind of obstacles in a way. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it described as a homage to the two Stevens, that's Stephen King and Steven Spielberg, and it's very much that. It's like a small town America mm. that um, has these sinister things around the edge of it. I mean, Stand By Me would be another reference point, I think, that they looked at. The first season is very much like E.T. with the kids banding together to protect the quote-unquote alien who in fact isn't an alien she's a human girl and um, the second season is a bit more like Ghostbusters where they're kind of a band 
who were taking down the force together. Mm. So it's definitely got... Um, it's almost like they put the 80s in a blender and sometimes they almost take it too far. But yeah. they just stop short of that and I love it anyway. So I I'm think, not going to complain. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited about this type of project because um, what they've done here is... Most people want to be a part of something that happened before. So, for example, everyone knew Terminator was a badass film and Arnold Schwarzenegger was in peak condition in the 80s, but they won't stop making Terminator because um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's getting old and it's more heavily dependent on CGI. It's the same thing with Transformers. Why did it become a... It's become like a kind of a shoddy version of a the 80s uh, comic book animation that everybody enjoyed. And I think what's happened with Stranger Things is rather than trying to remake a specific 80s show and just bring it back from the dead, they've turned it into something which is, we're going to tell you a genuine new stroke original story and we're just going to pepper it with all of the things that you love about the 80s. Yeah, I mean, it's peppered, sorry, I'll let you come in in a minute. It's peppered with references, like, you know, they, like, copy an overhead shot from The Shining, you know, of a car driving along, or there's, like, a bit where they're walking along railway tracks, like, Stand By Me. So there are definitely the breadcrumbs for 80s movie fans. And also just the style of cinematography, that thing that Spielberg liked, with, like, shafts of light coming through Venetian blinds or from torches. The cinematography is really 80s, and you don't see that kind of genuine look very often now so it's just aesthetically pleasing even the font mm. like the font of the title it's just great I mean the font actually lends itself to um, books that used to be written by uh, I think Virginia Andrews who was actually she wrote a lot of uh, horror drama and thriller stories based around small family units in small family towns but I think the font was also used from a lot of Stephen King novels yeah. as well in the 80s and it's almost like once you saw that font, you knew what was behind the cover was kind of some horrific or horror drama that you probably need to sleep with the light on after you finished reading it, you know? Yeah, and the music, not just the use of 80s hits, but like, you know, the synthesizer score. Yeah. Mm. I mean, the attention to detail is just bang on. Yeah. And the costumes and the cars. Yeah. It's, it's good. It's really good. So who would you say the target audience of this show is? I mean, for me, I think it's definitely a show for over people in their 40s who probably have stopped watching TV or don't have much time for TV, but their favourite shows were obviously maybe V, uh, The Alien Story, E.T., and um, I know, probably even Dallas a little bit as well. Yeah, I guess so. Alien, that's another reference point. Mm-hmm. And Akos, who do you think this audience is for, or what is it? What audience is this TV show for? Yeah, I think who who like this all eighties style. I think, um, but it's, I don't know. Evil Dead, perhaps. Uh, well, Evil Dead. I'm not sure. Jaws, The Last no, Starfire. Absolutely, this is is. The Last Start Fighters, all mm. of that, uh, uh, Back to the Future, mm. uh, all these 80s kids movies, Yeah, I think. But there is an element of Nightmare on Elm Street to it as well, because I don't want to spoil it too much, but 
the, the kids meet different not, characters. Yes. I mean, there is a strong element of horror. Yeah. I mean, going back to who it would be for, I was actually recommended it by my neighbour's 15-year-old daughter. Wow. So, That's just amazing. turned out it was completely for me, but it was yeah. completely for her as well. So there's yeah. a kind of cross-generational, mm. cross-everything appeal. Yeah. Is it... Do you think that's why they employed so many young children to, to act in it, to attract the younger children? Because I can't imagine any 15-year-olds going to get the references portrayed in either series, if, if, if I'm making sense. Do you know what? I get the feeling, and I think it's been said in some of the interviews as well, and some of the behind-the-scenes, that even the kids who are actually acting it don't understand the references because yeah. they're simply not old yeah. enough to yeah. watch yeah. the horror films. Yeah. But the thing is, the the this is a period drama come to life in a very delicate way, and it's very intuitive. So I think for the 15-year-old who referred Dom to watch it, who was a big fan, um, they're actually getting to see what all the big fuss was about in terms of living in the 80s, because... You're seeing a world for the f- you're immersing yourself in a world which there's no Wi-Fi, there's no, no internet. Uh, internet, there's no mobile phones, there's no understanding of uh, medical yeah, advancements. They're using walkie-talkie. Yeah, and and so yeah, you need a yeah. walkie-talkie. Yeah, they're using the walkie-talkies over and out. But the um, the interesting thing is, it, it then suddenly lifts up this layer of security and this idea of yeah kids did get abducted at a young age um and kids going missing was a big story uh beforehand um conspiracy theories were taken off and the 80s even though 80s we were it was a simpler time where people had simpler needs and simpler desires as well yeah you, you want to come in yeah no um that was a nice comparison you made but were the 80s that good though <laughs> i think there was some like paranoia as well because yeah. people often refer to um the girl as the russian girl yeah exactly mm. so there was and the whole cold war the cold bit. war threat or the second there is cold like war a threat. Little Nuclear, atmosphere yeah. of yeah. that as well that's mm. present it's kind of like a base note yeah and in the uk with the minor strikes we had factory yeah i mean this is well yeah yeah. i mean it's predominantly an american story but um yeah there was i think even red dawn like literally came out as a story as a film about young kids who had to defend themselves against the The old one or a new one i'm I'm thinking about the old one that literally came out in the 80s as the kids were under siege from um russians who were pretending to be someone else to take over a town and stuff like that so I think there's um, some amazing touchstones, but I think Stranger Things stands on its own because it's trying to tell a story in a very measured way. And they always put the four children at the center of the story as well. Yeah, also it's really well directed. And an interesting thing, if you watch the roundtable discussions that are available on Netflix as well, you can Mm. see the kids intensely identify with their characters, Mm. which is a sign of good writing and good directing. I I believe you. I do. Um, So this is is the, the quandary I'm in. And I know this isn't the focus of... Uh, the discussion right now but if Netflix can do such fantastic TV series where are they stumbling when it comes 
to film. We don't have to answer that now, but that's just something that pops into my head because I feel that they are very, very good at producing and creating original TV series. Yeah. But their films are a bit hit and miss. Like, is it Okja, OKJA, the, the massive factory pig that the Japanese girl has to save and I think Tilda Swinton wants to capture it. That's one of the Netflix films. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even even yeah. for me explaining you yeah. the synopsis, it yeah, wasn't... That's funny. You, you just, it was almost like you couldn't believe that actually happened. No, that's quite funny. I like yeah. that. And it's actually got some quite famous people in it. So I think Paul Dano is in it, and he's been Oscar-nominated uh, for a Best Supporting Actor, I think, for... Um, Paul Dano, do you remember? He was in... There uh, Will Be Blood. There Will Be Blood. Um, no, he, did, he never got a nomination. You sure? Okay, we we might need you to cross reference that, but but Dead River Blood is just. Uh, but yeah, Okja wasn't a, a great thing, but I I think the thing with um, Netflix, I don't I get the feeling that net Netflix sometimes I get the feeling that Netflix either looks for shows to be made or somebody approaches them with an idea and Netflix say yeah we're gonna go for it, mm. and I might be wrong, but it just felt like. The Duffer Brothers, who are behind um, Stranger Things, they had a prepackaged idea, and Netflix just couldn't say no. But um, my opinion is, when you're dealing with a TV series, perhaps you've got more time, there's more involvement, more investment, and it's not just about finishing it quickly. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little callback. So, um, Geek Swick fans out there, if you're paying attention. But the, um, yeah, there's there's big things here. So it's like um, I think what works in the series, yeah, eight episodes. They they create so a sense it's of mystery. lean. Is it a lean series? Um, do you know what? Looking at you now and looking at Akosh and, and me, uh, I'm seeing the nostalgia in the eyes of Akosh and Dominic as if they want to watch it again. And I think you're in this enviable position of uh, you're like a person who's never seen Breaking Bad or who's never oh, seen Star Wars <laughs> and. You've got like 18... you never seen Breaking Bad? No, no, I'm not sure if you have seen Breaking Bad. <laughs> Look, you're trying to make Akush fall um, off his chair right uh, now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have you seen Breaking Bad? To put Sam Yeah, so you're, I think we're, we're in this position where... And you, what if I hadn't, actually? People get to their stuff in yeah. their own time. I mean, it, I mean this, but this is the beauty of Netflix and I'll why... You I, before you before we get to the next one, I only watched Creed yesterday. Yeah, yeah was so, that any good? Really? Yeah, that was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that was really good. I mean, for me, I think Netflix... Red Black Panther, but go on. Uh, I mean, the thing I'm really interested in, there's this new phenomenon now where... You don't have to sit down week by week watching a film or watching a TV series develop and hoping it's good. If you can just avoid the internet enough, you can get recommendations of really good TV series. Like, there's no reason to watch EastEnders and Coronation Street again, in my opinion. And I think Netflix, they have a lot of really high quality, high impact shows that are just sitting there waiting there to be gorged on, including Breaking Bad. But um, the thing about Stranger Things is it just ticks so many boxes not just for the i need something to watch and binge watch it but also it does explain to people what was so great about the 80s as well and what was so great about the movie making styles of the 80s as well i feel you man i feel, I feel all of you anyway go so what's that so the first one is that is eight 
episodes. Eight episodes. What's the second reason? Go back up a bit. So one, this is a website. Okay, so the sense of mystery. That's fine. Called Forbes.com. Five reasons why Stranger Things was watching eight episodes. Yeah. Terrific sense of mystery, which does carry out. The nostalgia is glorious. If you can remember the casting. Okay. Fair dues. The human. There's a humor in this. Yeah. I mean, tell us about that, Dom. Um, well, it's it is funny. That's the other thing. Okay. And a lot of the humour's character driven. You know, mm. you know they're quirky characters. Especially. I wish you, I wish you led with that now. Like, as yeah. As soon as, as, as humour's involved, I'm I'm down. Okay. I'm both in. You will be down with this. Okay. Let me get no. you down with this. Fantastic. Okay. Um, Dusty is a brilliant character. Yeah. He's the one with the baseball cap. He's yeah. just got a really quirky personality and. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, there's. I mean, the interesting thing is, there's so many opportunities that they've taken to go for humor and horror, and they they strike the nail uh, correctly both times. But it could be anything from the mismatched coupling of uh, the boy. There's a boyfriend girlfriend couple that's kind of will they won't they, and they don't really quite know what they're doing with each other. But they, there's a romance blossoming. Um, even the four main characters. I think it, I mean, it might it might have to wait to the second series. But there's a Halloween party. Uh, where there's a there's a comedy mismatch about who gets to wear what, and um, and it ends up being two characters um, wearing the same thing, but it's also quite funny. And then there's the issue of the police, where you've got one weather-beaten, drawn-out, been there, seen it, done it detective, and he's kind of layered. Uh, with he's languishing inside a, a police station which is kind of filtered with more incompetent officers where he ends up having to be in the front line all of the time but it's uh it's unexpected some of the humor is unexpected but it's believable and you kind of really buy into the story i think yeah i mean for me the only time they take the humor a bit too far is in the middle of season two okay um but i can't really talk about that without spoilers but yeah please don't spoil it i'm gonna watch this now yeah i mean i, I I think I think the second season was uh, for me was I think was more in, inten- more intensive mm. as the, the the first one. Yeah. And uh, um, I was I just watched it, watched it, watched it. It was, it was very good. I mean, it was very. Um, I just want to eat. Yeah. Do you know what? Any series that makes um, Akos smiling reminiscence, I, I'm down for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He never smiles about anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I don't want to it watch makes it. it. Yeah, I don't want to watch it. And my yeah. friends, ah, oh, did you see the oh, well, leave me alone and don't, don't. Yeah, but they just push it, push it. Okay, I want to watch it. And I watched it one day or two days in the first season. It was ah, oh, it was really amazing. When yeah. did you know that you? Were, I mean, to to help even uh, anyone listening and uh, Malachi's buying to this. When did you know that you was hooked onto Stranger Things? What was the thing that really said, "I have to watch this. I can't stop now." What was the moment for you? I don't know. I just I, I just like this this all eighties things. The kids. Yeah. I, I like these movies. Yeah. I grew up on these movies. Yeah. And it's absolutely fine. This this yeah. these things while I was in the in that that time. Yeah. Probably for me, it was the fact that the font after the pre-credit sequence reminded yeah. me of old Stephen King books. So yeah. I guess I was hooked for about three minutes in. Yeah. I mean, for me. I, I think the thing that hooked me was the geography of the Hawkins map and working out where the paranormal stuff was and where the uh, the families were and just realising that there was this kind of ever-decreasing circle of tension building up between um, 
the government conspiracy, the paranormal activity, the missing boy, and when you actually start feeling for the yeah. city, the town, the location, yeah, and where the characters are coming from, yeah, the, it relies, yeah, it relies, it relies on a lot of uh, geography and what certain characters know and what certain characters don't know, and I think that's that was always quite exciting about when is this character going to meet this character to, to discover this new piece of information that's going to help them with their story. Yeah. So that was always very um, interesting. I think, um, it, I mean, going back, I mean, there was a TV series in the 2000s called Heroes, oh, which yeah, um, yeah. it had one really great series and then it kind of span off into Don't ever weirdness. mention that. Yeah, no, you're gonna you're gonna put me off Stranger Things. Now no, if you're gonna okay. go I, I don't want to mention it. It's, it's, it's not it's, it's not that much like Heroes, but I think what kept people going with watching Heroes was waiting to see which characters would team up to tell the story. And I think with Stranger Things, it's not about waiting for a character to team up. It's literally just you're on this adventure around Hawking, so it feels like you're exploring the spaces as much as the characters themselves. Yeah, I mean, I would say the first season is the perfect season, and mm. the second season, for me, is bigger, but it's not quite as satisfying for yeah. me. Because it doesn't have the mystery at its centre of uh, the missing boy. Yeah, I think, for me, the second season is about trying to meet the expectations of the fans, because we all know too much going into it, and I think they're trying to feed us a little bit what we want, but trying to change our expectations particularly by introducing new characters and putting the old characters we're familiar with in very new situations which i think it's hard to do yeah in such a small town i mean for me there's one new character who doesn't work who's the conspiracy theory guy okay i didn't like him didn't like his performance especially yeah. um that marred it a little bit for me and i yeah. didn't like the episode that he featured in okay but I think yeah, that's just me. Yeah, I mean, I think I get the feeling that he had to be. I think he had to fill in a hole because um, the characters that he engaged with, I felt they had to move somewhere else, and there wasn't like a, a real plan for them. But I think that it allowed them to bit to bridge the gap of where do these characters go? Coolio Don Julio, I feel you. So, have we stranger thinged your mind to watch this Netflix series? Oh, before recording of this episode, yes. But now, I'm on board for the series. One and two? Well, I'm going to have we'll to We'll start now. with one. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm going to have to commit now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And like they said, it's only eight episodes. I can do that in a, in a day. What I would suggest, though, because Netflix have expanded on their product try and watch season one as a standalone and be careful about this other mini series called beyond stranger things because what is, in that? is that the talking of the series yeah it's behind the scenes but they're talking to the characters i think it's particularly about what happens in season two it's, yeah it's yeah. exclusively about season two uh, but they, it does have spoilers why in would it. they do that because we're stranger things junkies and you will be too no, but why would one of why us one of us one of us spoil <laughs> You do look a bit like 13, though. Yeah. Yeah. Is you mean 11? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Is that 11? Is it 11? There is 11, but I, I don't want to say more about the meaning of that word. It's, it's a number. There you, you have to watch Stranger Things okay. to find okay. out. Okay. Yeah. I was in the trailer, actually. But... Oh, good thing I didn't really take pay attention <laughs> to the trailer. <laughs> we were only playing it for your benefit, and you weren't Really? Watching. I wasn't yeah. paying attention. You know why? Because I didn't want to spoil it too much, because if I do, I'm going to go and watch it now. Yeah. I don't want it. So when you were talking about plot, 
plot points just now, I kind of zoned out. Okay. I kind of focused on um, Akos smiling to himself. So no problem. That was nice. <laughs> it's just nice in itself. Yeah, yeah it is. It's, it's, it's a lovely. It's a lovely image that everyone should. Akos is actually positively beaming. I mean, the lights are all switched off here, and he's like illuminating the room yeah, with his smile. Every, every, all, and this is just talking about one episode of yeah. Stranger Things. It's all amazing. the lights coming from his face. This is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Okay, who, who's gonna? Um, who, okay, I mean, the, who, who are we following out of duty free now? Okay, uh, we, we, yeah, we we camp come up to the uh, cash and carry now yeah. and waiting for the Uber yeah. from the station. But um, I I think we've said enough about Stranger Things. If you haven't watched it before, Stranger Things season one and two, and in close brackets beyond Stranger Things, which has spoilers, can now be seen on Netflix. Um, if you are a subscriber, uh, Stranger Things season three is imminent and it has been commissioned but the release date as far as we know will be coming in um late 2018 or early 2019 and it's expected that the third season will contain eight episodes so um that's stranger things for you uh, if you'd like to know more about Geek Sweat instead, feel free to Google search or hashtag G-E-E-K-S-W-E-A-T. I'll repeat it again. You can Google search or Google search. Google search or hashtag G-E-E-K-S-W-E-A-T. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the show. You've been listening to uh, the wonderful and wild Akosh Bolf. Bye, guys. You've been listening to the stupendous and surmountable Dominic Stinton. Peace. And you have been listening to the Peachy and Perky MKH Inc. Goodbye. And I have been your uh, effervescent and slightly erratic host. Trevor Jones. So, over and out. Ciao for now.